installment of the yummy coco show this is a pop culture variety show for your ear holes with sketches music interviews and games i'm your host yummy coco aka colette prosper i am a comedy writer and filmmaker on this show we talk about everything from law roach retiring oh my goodness he retired he announced his retirement on tuesday um, which is the same day that i chatted with our guest today, Lizelle Oligario. Um, so when we refer to today, we mean Tuesday, but it's actually now Thursday because I wasn't able to post on Wednesday. So here I am. Happy Thursday. Um, it's kind of been a, a crazy week, astrologically speaking. So um, how's your week been? If you like this show, Give it a review. Give it five stars. It's how you can help people to find the show. Um, coming up shortly are uh, recommendations, my recommendations segment. And I have a good one. And I actually watched it and I really liked it. So I hope you like it too. If you check it out, let me know. Do you have a recommendation for me? Email me at Y-U-M-M-I-C-O-C-O at Gmail. Email me a voice memo. And I will put it on the show. So let's kick things off with recommendations. And then you'll hear my chat with Lizelle. And it's all about Oscars. And congrats, of course, to the Daniels and to all those who won. Uh, and uh, we'll see. It wasn't, it wasn't as thrilling as last year. Last year was a hot mess. And it will live in infamy. But this year was all right. It was okay. I watched it. It was, you know, I'm here. I'm here. We're talking about it. But first, here's your weekly recommendation. I got a recommendation. I really love The Extraordinary on Hulu. The reason why I love it, because I think it's very creative. I mean being in a world where everyone has a superpower and you don't know if you have one or you are on a quest to discover what that superpower is, I think is very creative. I think it is, I mean, everyone's life. I think we're all trying to find a source of ourself and individuality and who we are. Um, and I just think that they did it in a super clever way um, of exploring this when you have these amazing gifts. Thanks, Ashley. That's extraordinary on Hulu. And now here's my chat with Lizelle Oligario. Thank you. 
And we're back. Awesome. Let's get into my talk with writer, TV, and digital producer, Lizelle Oligario. Hey, welcome. Hi. Hello, hello. Hello. Okay, so this is awesome. Uh, we're going to talk about unscripted TV, scripted TV, awards season, um, the end of an era that is Law Roach as you know, award season stylist. We're going to talk a little bit about that. But first, can I ask you an icebreaker question? Sure. Uh, go right ahead. All right. So uh, what new or additional skill do you think you need to progress further? Hmm. I don't know. For me, for me, I think it's a, there's this uh, TED talk, like the art of asking. And I think I need to ask more. I'm always, I'm afraid to ask. That's my thing. Yeah. You know, it's funny because, um, well, first of all, I feel like there's, um, I read this article when I was little and uh, it was about how when they did a study and you're in a classroom, Mm -hmm girls tend not to raise their hand because they're scared they're going to be wrong, but boys will raise their hand regardless if they're right or wrong. Oh yeah. And a lot of times those girls have the right answers, but they're too scared to be wrong. And when I read that, you know, I was, I was actually pretty terribly shy um, a long time ago. And then I, out of, out of survival, outgoing and, how to do student government, all these things, because I was scared I wasn't going to get scholarships, et cetera. And so in class, I begrudgingly would raise my hand up, terrified that I was going to be wrong, but I felt like I had to, you know, pull my hand up because I needed to get over my fear of being shy and being wrong because, you know, sometimes being wrong leads to discussions and understanding like, oh, well, the teacher's not looking at you like you're dumb. Yeah. So it's filling up space in that room and being seen. And I actually noticed I carried that with me in film school that I would be one one or two women in the class. And I earned the respect of my classmates because I was always raising my hand. And regardless if I was right or wrong. And then I got over the fear of whether, you know, I had the right answer. So I think. Because you had that practice. Yes. Yes. Because no one likes to look stupid. I still don't like to look stupid. No, of course not. Me too. That's, and I feel like, I feel like I'm going through that now where I have to remind myself, like, it's okay. Like, so what if, if, if it's a mistake, if, if, if it's, if it's, you know, quote unquote dumb, just do it, just go for it because why not? Um, I, so, so yeah, like what you went through as, uh, child i'm going through as a full ass adult where it's just like oh, okay it's okay to be wrong it's okay to learn from your mistakes it doesn't have to be perfect all the yes time. i will say though you still have to be you know you want to listen right so there are yeah. there sometimes there are dumb questions especially because you didn't listen yes true <laughs> but but uh but also you don't want to be the person if you Double check, double check, and triple check. You don't want to be the person to break something very expensive or damage something. So, so 
sometimes you do still have to ask a question because that's a very expensive mistake. And I've, I've learned that um, there was a, there was an incident where I probably should have asked the question. Um, this is pretty embarrassing, but in, in high school, we had to distribute uh, low flush toilets and what? You know, water classroom. No, it was in key club. It was a, it was a thing. And we had a key, key, like, like Keegan, Michael key. Yeah. Yeah. Like lock and key. Yeah. Oh, you had to sell low flush toilets. Oh, for like the environment. Repeat them because we wanted people to use less water. Uh Uh-huh. Anyhow, I should have probably asked questions (laughs) because there was a cute boy in front of me and I was trying to impress him with how strong I was. And I almost fell out of the truck holding a toilet. Oh, wow. Did he save you? No, um, but he looked, he looked very like, oh God, this girl's a mess. This girl's a mess. He was like, whoa, toilet girl's fearless. She's, she's, uh, yeah. (laughs) She almost fell out. Yeah, she was, I think him and some other guy were able to get a toilet in my hand. But I, I really wish I had asked some questions, like how how much does this weigh? Uh, you know, just it would it would have been nice to get the specs on this because I think I thought it wasn't very heavy and yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's just a toilet. Yeah, toilets are really heavy. <laughs> but but then it's also like you know if you didn't do that, you wouldn't have the story to share. And this is a great like I always think of like um like an improv class. You always have to like get up and kind of tell a story. This is a perfect story. Like you could find like 10 different scenes based off of you holding the toilet, the cute guy, um, asking questions, low flush. Like there's so many different angles you could take that one moment. Um, And, you know, if you didn't ask the questions, you wouldn't have had that moment for, you know, improv fodder. I think that's awesome. (laughs) I love it. So, so I guess what would, what would you say then? Would it be that to, to just um, take more risks, like progress I further? Think, yeah. I mean, I feel like it's important. Um, I do feel in that whole, you know, uh, you don't really, okay, well, this, is, this, is, this goes from career to love to everything. Like if you do not give and like take risks, then you're never going to get anything back. Like the risk and reward you're just going to get the, you know, baseline. I think the thing that makes you scared is the thing that is the thing that you should probably run towards. Yes. Don't play it safe. I feel like that's, um, it's something that I've been thinking about this week as well. Um, is, uh, yeah, taking, taking more risks on, on something and not, not being, um, not being afraid. Cause yeah, it is, uh, you know, what else is there? What else, what else do we have to lose? It's, you know, it's like end times. Like we, we need to just like, we should just get on with it and just uh, just go for it or else, you know, it's just all over. It's the, it's going to be the last of us before we know it. But anyway, um, let's move on. Let's talk about Oscars. So I want to play a game with you. Um, are you down? We, we're going to write our own Oscar acceptance speech with the magic of AI. <laughs> Games. 
Okay. All right. So yeah, because like with the power of AI and BuzzFeed, we can now perfect the uh, the inspiring, heartfelt, funny, sincere Oscar speech. Um, you know, no more will we have to worry about being caught off guard with a with the speech on on the big day with like um, where because like it seems like a lot of these speeches become like gobbledygook. Like um, they start off really great, but then like Michelle Yeoh was great in her speech um, on Sunday. But like, I think about Renee Zellweger, she had um, a pretty good speech, like uh, through the award ceremony, like when she won for Judy, but then when it came to the Oscars, she just started just saying like a word soup. It was just like, and Billie Holiday and the toilet (laughs) flush. Thank you. Like it was, it was just like, she, she was just at her end. Um, but anyway, not us. We're going to be prepared because we did this AI speech. What is your first name? Lisa. We all know this. <laughs> now, who is your biggest celebrity crush? Keanu Reeves. Ooh. New Keanu, like John Wick Keanu or like my own private Idaho Keanu? Point break Keanu. Ooh. You went all the way back. Okay. What's your favorite movie genre, action, comedy, drama, horror, fantasy, documentary? Comedy. Okay, it's a toilet question. Where do you store your extra toilet paper? Be specific. Under my sink. And finally, who is your biggest enemy? It can be a person you know, IRL, or a celebrity. I don't know, Ronda Santos. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, he's a close second. Can it, can it be like a, yeah. Um, I, I mosquitoes. Yeah. I hate mosquitoes. Oh, here we go. Here's your speech. So good evening, everyone. I am Lizelle. I am truly honored to be here tonight. I am deeply grateful for the award I just won for best supporting performance in the film No Pants Necessary. I would like to say a big thank you to my fellow nominees. You have all inspired me to be my best and I couldn't have done it without you. Special thanks to my brilliant co-star and friend Keanu Reeves. We had a lot of fun and laughs shooting our hilarious and memorable scenes together and I'm so thankful for all his hard work. He could forget, who could forget the scene we shot when Keanu, as the main character, had to present me with a bouquet of flowers and nothing more than his boxer shorts. I dedicate this award to everyone who has ever supported and encouraged me and of course, to my biggest hater, the mosquito. After all, It was their relentless biting and buzzing that helped spur me to become the best that I could be. I will proudly display my Oscar proudly underneath my sink, right next to my insect repellent, a reminder that hard work and persistence will always pay off. Thank you very much. Good night. Okay, do you accept this speech for, you know, for the future? I'm going to hold you to that. Yes, so I can manifest that I will Yes. I, I I manifest that for you too. I want that for you as well. Um and that you both go to the Oscars together. 
and that somehow Law Roach comes out of retirement, which we're about to talk about, and he uh, styles you because I don't know who else could uh, could you know he's he's so amazing. Like so so basically today uh, we found out that uh, Law Roach is um, he announced his retirement um, due to like politics and lies. So I don't know. Did you see the post? How did you Wait. find out? Where were you when you found out that Law Roach was going to be retiring? Well, I didn't get the full details, but um, I I'm very sad because uh, well, obviously every look Zendaya, whether it's red carpet or wherever she's at, I'm like, yeah, it's just inspiration. I it just gives me joy to see what she's gonna wear and. It always looks like the fashion is not wearing her. She really is just like embodies it. So right. he knows how to really pick pieces that suit that person well, that they feel great in. And also just look like, like look like an art installation. Right. Yeah. He's an image architect. And when, when I think of Zendaya, I think like her SAG awards, like the pink Valentino dress or her uh, dress in that movie, Malcolm, Oh my God, Malcolm and Marie. Whoa, that feels like 20 years ago. But like, yeah, Malcolm and Marie, she had that really beautiful black dress that like ended up selling out and like online. Um, he's he's an icon. And so, uh, yeah, so I don't know what, what happened, what drama happened, but he was just like, you know, forget it, I'm out. So sadness. Yeah, I mean, I could, I, I mean, I could kind of see if it, if it's fashion related it could it could be a little sticky um as far as like egos go <laughs> I, I, I had a little bit of taste of that in new york but yeah you had we well, you said you had a little taste of that in new york i thought about you know at some point maybe potentially styling and it's just yeah i mean i i I do love fashion and yes. um, I'm always, oh gosh, I just love watching uh, street fashion anytime there's red carpet, just because I just, I'm always curious to see what, you know, what, what kind of dress someone's making or a statement. And um, I mean, I could even see someone like, you know, let's say like Alexander Queen and like what he went through and um, yeah. he was, you know, he went through a lot of troubles, but I mean, he was a, such a visionary. Um, I actually got to see his, he had, they had a, at the Met, they had a whole, uh, retrospective on him and it I felt like you were in the movie The Cell it was incredible um it was just as beautiful as any any piece of painting or sculpture yeah um there's a lot of work that goes into making clothes and garments um and you know and we get it's like and, and it's wearable like we're, we're wearing that uh going out uh and it's just yeah I mean but Zendaya I mean I always I always see what she's gonna wear every time every time and she looks like she's always having so much fun with the clothes that she's wearing. Um, and it's, I feel like if, especially when you're, when you're walking down some red carpet, it must be kind of terrifying to have all these people take photos of you. So you want to make sure you feel your best and to have someone that trusts you and knows how to make your body look good. I have, I had a tailor who yeah. always knew how to, she's like, let's put up the hemline on you. Cause you're short. Let's show off those legs and let's, she always made me feel great. Do you still have her around? Was this in New York or is this here? 
feisty in San Diego. She's this very feisty Filipino woman. And uh, she's like, oh, we won't tell your dad that we, we put up, you know, the hemline up for you because <laughs> we need to get you a boyfriend. We need to get you a boyfriend, okay? <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, I, that's somebody you want to, like, you want to keep. You want to keep around that, like, is, like, your, your you know, fairy godmother. That's amazing. But yeah, like it was funny because like how we met was you you recognized that I was wearing a farm Rio dress. And I was like, oh, because I, I and I was feeling sort of self-conscious about it just because um, it's not really uh, it's just like it's very busy and has like it has lace and like ruffles and it's a lot. And I bought it online. And when you when I online shop like that's it, like there's final sale like I'm not going to return it it's too much work it's just that's it I just have to wear it I have an orange um farm Rio dress that also like it's very hard to rock orange and I don't know if I definitely um am like selling it but like I'm you know I, I I'm keeping it so I'm gonna find a time to wear it but yeah so you recognize I was wearing farm Rio and then we started chatting and then we were talking about like um, badass uh, self-defense classes and um, and then we're talking about all these movies because you see so many movies you've basically I feel like you've seen all of the movies that were nominated this year is that true yeah I saw a good amount at least for the features um, there were some I still wanted to see I just didn't have the the time to do it um, it helps a lot if you if, if I'm near a theater yeah and the convenience factor or if I get screeners, so um, but there was just a lot of really great films uh, this year, uh, and I was super pumped. I mean, obviously, some of them didn't get nominated too, so I was, I was there were some that I was kind of bummed out about. So, like, what uh, was a movie that was like a, a standout for you that like just got shafted? Uh, I I actually really loved Nope. Oh wow! I saw it at the drive-in, and I probably shouldn't have done that because there were a lot of moments that we missed. Just because, like, we saw it in uh, this uh, drive-in that's like near Compton, and there are all these like planes that are flying overhead. Um, it there were just so many moments that we just like we were like, "What? What happened? What did they say?" And so we left the movie thinking like, "Oh, it's just okay." Yeah, it's one of those, you know what I love about it? And um, I'm, I'm a big film geek. So my fav- my fav- one of my favorite filmmakers ever is Hitchcock. And yeah. he reminds me of a Hitchcock. But obviously, he has his own flair. Yes. He has his own thing going on, which, and I'm always just like, oh, my God. But so did Hitchcock, gonna- too. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and I, I mean, obviously, we're, you know, I'm sure he has multiple influences, you know, that. Uh, and then on top of that, you know, just his personality, right? He gets to bring into it. And I just love that it's it's very filmic. I love that there's commentary, new commentaries about the film and TV industry because I sometimes I feel like okay, I've kind of already seen the commentary about our field, but what can you do that is going to be completely different? Um, the fact that he had, you know, black um, cowboys in it, like yeah. okay, sold, sold already. Yeah, um, and. That, you know, there's a shot that is reminiscent of my bridge, but it has to, you know, I don't know. So it's, 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 it's if you're a film geek, it's like, oh my God, this is amazing. There's, I, I went down a really crazy rabbit hole of all the different uh, breakdowns of like, even the visual imagery, there's, there's a costume with the, the that the kids wear and it actually yeah. looks like, um, it looks like a film camera. 
I didn't is, realize that. Yeah, it kind of blew my mind. There's just little details like that, even the costumes, um, everything. And I, I just, I just feel like if you watch that and you're a cinema lover and you've been watching TV, I grew up, you know, TV, the TV was my babysitter. Right, right. Um, it's too. what happens when you're, yeah, yeah, because my dad worked like two, three jobs and my mom was working too. So I was, you know, I was either reading a book or I was watching TV or we were out watching movies all the time. And so when I, yeah, when I saw his film, I, I did, I did feel like, okay, let me just experience this movie. It was a whole vibe. And then I wanted to go back again and watch it, you know, for the technical aspect. And I saw the second time I saw it in IMAX, it was incredible in IMAX. Wow. And, oh God. And then Kiki Palmer too. I mean, amazing. She's amazing in it. And, um, and then you're going to die. So because I, um, at some point, I think I, you know, during the pandemic, I was like, I got really into watching ancient aliens. I really wanted to understand people who get down that rabbit hole because it's aliens that created everything because, and had, had a consultant, which made me respect him even more because there's things with like, it's called ENP and there's just certain things that happen in the film yeah. that actually out in real life. If, if that actually happened, like yeah, and I worked on Doomsday Prepper, so all this stuff is stuff that people fear. <laughs> wow. And okay, so so Ancient Aliens is a TV show, not Aliens Sigourney Weaver. So so Ancient Aliens is a reality show that has a, a lot of memes. There's this guy that looks like he wears a brown suit, and it looks like his hair is electrocuted. Wow. Real expert, but he like, kind of like Rick and guys. Morty. Uh huh. Yes. And so, but usually what happens is because he has such enthusiasm, there's people I think that watch the show that thinks he's an expert. He's actually not an expert. He's just an enthusiast. Uh-huh. And there's only one guy who's like from Texas that actually sounds like he has an, a real expertise because I think he used to work for NASA or something, right? Yeah, so, so he um, says. Yeah, NASA's yeah, but, probably but, like, who's that? <laughs> <laughs> But what I love about this movie is because, you know, there's actually acknowledgement now from the government that, oh, we well, we don't know what this object is. We're not going to pretend it's not uh, there. You know, it's, it's I forget what they're calling it now. It's not a UFO. It's like a. Uh, the the, the <laughs> balloons. Yeah. Are you talking about the balloons? No, <laughs> I was you're going to die. I was going to say UTI, but I'm like, it is not UTI. Yeah, no, it's, it's not, not UTI. A, it could be. <laughs> Um, but the, yeah, I, I am, but the, the balloons, but it just, yeah, I thought the balloons were interesting too. I just vi visually, it's just a one of a kind movie. If I saw a still of the movie, I would yeah. know automatically it was Nope. And yeah. I'm dying to go to Universal Studios because apparently there's a whole section dedicated to Nope. Oh, I have to see that. Yeah. I, so Nope is on Peacock. So I definitely want to revisit. Um, but yeah, it is funny because there was like a, a, a big, it was a big old balloon. Um, which is what we had a couple months, like last month, we were having all of these like balloon sightings um, in real life. And so, yeah, that's a, a coincidence. Um, I don't know. <laughs> but, uh, but okay, so you, um, so that was a movie that stood out to you that you think got short shrift. Like, are you, are you happy with the outcome? Like, were you happy with, with what happened? Um, so I would say, uh, the well, it was well deserved that everything everywhere all at once swept the awards. 
I, you know, I had, I had been hearing from people early in the last year, like, you've got to see this movie. You have to see it. And they didn't want to give me any spoilers because they didn't want to ruin it for me. And I'm really glad that they did it because the first time I tried to watch it, I, I made the mistake of trying to watch it around my nephews and it was pure chaos. So, and I, the thing is that the movie is chaotic. Yes. Um, so chaotic. So, it's so chaotic and you have to watch it without, you know, anything distracting you. You have to be completely focused. Um, and what was amazing that I didn't prepare for myself for when I was actually able to just fully concentrate was, you know, I'm, I'm watching this thing and I'm like, I know, I can tell there's different influences, obviously, obviously 2001 Space Odyssey and some other ones. And yeah, but it is truly a unique film. And I was telling my friend, it's, you know, it, it reminds me because, you know, going to film school, we had to watch all the films that started filmmaking. Mm -hmm. And I feel like what filmmakers do now kind of lost their joy of filmmaking. And this film is all about joy because it's yes. about realism. It's about all the things that it's it's deeply meaningful obviously it's about family but it's about you know if you're into existentialism and you're you're a geek <laughs> with philosophy yeah. you have to love it because it's like it's you know it, in some ways you could think about you know if you, if you connect to religion even though it doesn't talk about religion um and i'm into you know uh you know is it, is, obviously this is very video game like right but you can also think of it in ways of like reincarnation there's so many ways you can attach your 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 own meaning behind the film and maybe it means nothing right maybe that was an intent but who cares because art is supposed to be interactive and um right. and i used and to just, play video games yeah yeah and just going back to the uh what we were talking about earlier and just not being afraid to make mistakes they it's there's no structure really there is a structure to the non-structure of the movie but like it's it's just like it's it's a it's there's so much happening everything just as the title says and i don't think that they um it doesn't seem like they held back like they, they and they probably did like there were probably 5000 ideas that they had for this movie and then they whittled it down to like 100 ideas that that they managed to get into the movie but there is a sense of like fearlessness to to it as well which is um, really, it really is exciting to see. So it is is interesting that you say that like um, a lot of movies are, are missing that kind of joy um, and that, that sense of like curiosity and wonder uh, of like, let's just try a thing and see what happens. And, and that movie had that spirit of just like, let's just try it and see what happens. Yeah, but I also think it was intentional, right? Like there's motivation and because I, I I call it smokes and mirrors, smoke and mirrors. You you watch mm -hmm. something and you're like, this guy's like, I'm gonna use this cool effect, right? And it feels empty. Mm -hmm. My issue is because I've there's things I've watched where I'm like, okay, that special effect really didn't need to happen there, or that camera angle didn't need to happen. You you're just, just want to showing do off cool camera angle. You're just showing off, but this is not this doesn't make sense for this moment, for this character. For the motivation so everything you know has to be motivated mm -hmm. and the timing and and as someone who does write and has seen like very you know women talking is a is a we can talk about women talking later but that is a very simple script but it is also yeah. amazing in its simplicity and this film is the opposite like you have to know all the screen screenwriting rules to know how to break them and i 
that uh, won my respect was like, wow, you, you know, they took something that was, um, you know, it's a, it's a multiverse, right? So mm-hmm. that is, a, that's already, you know, I think there's been discussions about that too, right? Because of there's all these different universes and we, we have no idea what is going on in these other universes, right? So it uh-huh. is quite relevant this film on my wow you know because uh i always think about you know the different versions of me like right sliding doors you know the movie sliding doors yes what would have happened if i got on that yes right? so we all think about this this is why it's so good because i think about all the time what would happen if i made this other decision if i followed this man to spain if i you know all these things right so um yeah, so that's why it's so it's so good, and um, and then the actors, right? Like, it's just such a great. Uh, th- you could just tell. I'll be honest, as a as an Asian woman, I'm Filipino. Mm-hmm. They had to give it them their all, like 110 percent, because you don't know if you're ever going to get a role like this again. Yeah, and that's the thing, and that that's that's also why I was like, Kate Blanchett can't win. There's there's no way she'll be up there again. She'll be there five times you know, in the next few years um, for different movies. But like, will Michelle Yeoh, I hope so. I hope that she and the Daniels um, team up again or or she gets another really meaty role. Um, but but yeah, it's true. If it, it 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 just it just feels very special. So I I was very happy with them winning. I was I loved seeing the Daniels every time they they went up to win. Uh, their speeches were all just so um, like earnest and and lovely. I loved I loved the speeches. I wasn't that um, for like in terms of like the Oscars. Like I wasn't uh, I it wasn't ratchet like last year. So I kind of missed that. <laughs> um, there uh, the comedy wasn't like very uh, comedy. It wasn't very funny. Um, there were a couple lines like um, Jimmy Kimmel said about like uh, Tom Cruise, um, you know, uh, something like hubba da hubba da, uh, Elron hubba hubba or something like that. Like uh, talking about like how handsome, but then like, you know, Scientology. I, I, I don't know. Like that was kind of funny. Um, I just didn't I didn't like laugh. Um, the fashion was 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 nice i didn't there weren't any like sort of standout dresses or gowns that like that i can remember um it was just like it was just very sort of like uh just a a regular award ceremony there was no like incident like even even at the end they had that like you know how like in in the simpsons they have like you know nine days since the last accident so so this one had like you know, no incidents in it and said like one, like they were keeping count of like all the incidents that, that happened like since last year. Anyway, I thought that was kind of funny, but I wasn't like, um, it was kind of underwhelming. I don't know what you thought about the whole awards ceremony. I love not to, not to like, that was a good moment. Were there any like standout moments? Um, I mean, like I said, I think I, I think the speeches were, I think I'm pointed, they were very focused. Um, my favorite part, I think this is what I thought was like, cool was, I thought it was such a choice for Michelle Yeoh to say in her speech to all the boys. She said boys first. Yeah. Girls. And uh, that look like me. And I, I thought that was very, 
important it was an important choice because i think often we we think as like women women of color we mm -hmm. could only inspire you know other women right or but yeah. i i think we have to think no we can inspire boys too for sure we've been growing up we've been growing up being inspired by different men that are successes and that's the truth right because a lot of us were shut out and especially, you know, with the rise of talkies, there were a lot of women filmmakers that were very important. And then because of uh, capitalism, they were, you know, put put to the side. So I mm -hmm. thought that was, I because usually when you hear speeches where, you know, someone, a woman's talk about empowering, it's not, they're only addressing to speaking to women, but it shouldn't, it shouldn't be that way. It should be that they're inspiring also boys to want to be like us because yeah, we're amazing. Yeah, that's right. Um, that's right. And like, and who's to say that, um, that someone is not inspired by her? I mean, she's, she's incredible. She's incredible, um, action film star. Like, why not? Yeah. I mean, I feel like in general, though, right? Like, at a certain age as a woman and ethnicity, whatever, we do, we yeah. do get the, the roles shrink, right? So, one thing for me, I think that's been very, um, right about, Asian women portrayal um, that is quite different. I, I'll be honest, I feel like a lot of times that um, Asian women, if we get recognized, it's for being like, you know, I'll be honest, a bit of a sex object. And yeah. um, you have to be extremely beautiful, right? Yes. And there's no in between, right? Like you can't just be the normal girl. You can't be, you know, the funny one or the badass or like, anti-hero whatever like unless you're just like a total villainous you're like a dragon lady so what i like is the fact that like she's an amazing actor yeah and there should be representation of not just like the attractive asian woman from age what you know from her teens to her 20s there's i want to see all of the different asians right i want to see i you know i want to see asian women when they're 100 years old and what they have to say and what they're going to do that's like not what you're expecting right um, yeah because i see i see my mom and man like her jokes like she is so blunt and uh -huh. so mean and ruthless and i love <laughs> i love that about her i love how funny she is because her jokes are cutting and they're smart they're smart smart jokes so i feel like you know um as as i get older i want to see i want to keep seeing women um, that aren't represented in every single segment of society, right? So, uh, I mean, let's 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 be real here. Let's talk about Golden Girls and how Golden Girls revolutionary. Plenty Street, Street guys love that show because it's ruthless. It's so funny. It is one of the best comedies that ever exists. And it's, who still, it's still funny. Still slaps to this day. Also, this in this year's Oscars, um, I loved uh, Dolly De Leon in Triangle of Sadness, I thought that was a phenomenal performance. It came in and basically like, it was like, I don't know, act three or if act two, I guess, however way, like the end of act two or like the beginning of act three, you have this other storyline where they're marooned off on this like desert island. And then all of a sudden, Again, toilet. Because <laughs> so, we're going back to the toilet conversation. The the toilet, aka the toilet manager, becomes the captain of this like deserted island, and it's Dolly, and she is 
badass. She is, she's a queen. She's an amazing. And she, to me, like that was the movie, like for the whole, the whole time. I mean, I enjoyed the movie, but for the most part, I just kind of like, just watched it. Like there was just so much happening um, and so many different things. Like they start off, it's the models and uh, they're arguing about money. And then it, all of a sudden they're on a yacht and there are other people. There's the Russian woman that's trying to get everyone to go swimming with her, um, all the, the workers. And then everyone gets sick. Um, and then uh, everyone does get sick and then they're pirates. There's so much going on. And then they end up on this deserted island and it's the Dolly De Leon show. And she's incredible. And I felt like, I felt like she got short shrift this year. No one talked about her. Everyone was talking about, you know, uh, Michelle Yeoh and her fabulous performance. It, just amazing. But, you know, there was also this other woman as well who's very strong, sexy, powerful. Um, just, uh, she, she was the one that, that could, that had the survival skills that the other, you know, rich, uh, privileged people did not have. You know, it's funny because uh, I I love that movie and um, it's my sense of humor. And I I was excited because I had heard all this buzz about her. Uh, obviously, I don't think there was enough buzz because it's usually marketing plays a lot yes. into that. Um, and I can always tell during work season, like, oh, gosh, they're really trying to get me to vote for that one. But you're not getting my vote with, you know, because, you know, OK, it's fine. But is it am I going to be thinking about this movie five years, 10 years from now? Probably not. That's how I know right. if something has really resonated with me. And when I saw her, I was like, who is this woman? Yes. Present. Yeah, she's really she's really um, she has great comedic timing. She could do drama. I can already tell, like, I want to see her in everything that um you know that she's already done and i'm curious to see what she's doing later but um a lot of the care the character reminds me of my mother um yeah. my mother let me just tell you if we were in a doomsday scenario <laughs> i want to be with my mom she would be captain a chicken she can um it's crazy like she's she's she can what know, a chicken she, she can she can like shear a chicken yeah, she killed a chicken for my cousin once um, in the Philippines because he wasn't really, he's, he's uh, not really into eating fish. So wow, <laughs> she killed a chicken for him. And uh, she's done it before too for there's certain Filipino rituals that you do called novena. Um, anyways, so, but. That's like uh, in Haiti. I, maybe that's from, um, well, it, it sounds like 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 folkloric. I don't know if there's like a Spanish connection there, but because um, I, I I don't know, but like uh, but yeah, Haitian people do that too. There 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 are chicken sacrifices. Yes, <laughs> it's true. And so I, I just I, it didn't surprise me that she would be the captain because she lady the survivor, right? Like she's she's yeah. crappy. She has, and also just too, like, um, it is actually what the casting, what was great about the casting about this, that they would be, you know, again, we talk about model minority. They think, mm -hmm. okay, all Asians are like, you know, doctors and mathematicians or whatever, right? But they leave out the fact that, like, there's plenty of Asian people, including Filipino among people that, um, you know, who are struggling. And, yeah. Uh, and, you know, and, you know, they have to take certain types of jobs you wouldn't expect like 
you know, they were farmers. They were they were the head of the farmers' rights movement. Mm-hmm. Um, the grape stripe is infamous in California. In yes. Yeah. 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 This yep. just happened, and I I never knew. I used to go there in vacation, go on vacation to go see my family, and mm-hmm. I didn't know until I took women's history class of what happened there, which is that. You know, when they had this grape strike, Cesar Chavez and the Mexicans joined in, and that's what started this labor movement. And, um, you know, so they, I mean, I think for for many reasons, I think because uh, in the Philippines, they've been colonized by so many different types of people from the Spaniards to the Americans and and so on. Uh, So it's, uh, you know, you have to, you have to fight and you have to also, you know, a lot of times you take these jobs so you can help provide for your family mm-hmm. and we're very family oriented. So, um, but yeah, I mean, my, my, my dad, my dad is a, my dad is a janitor. So he hits home for me, you know? Yeah. Uh, and what I always love about my dad is, uh, you know, when he, coworkers, he likes to call them boss. Uh-huh. He likes everyone to feel important. And um, he's kind of like okay, the mayor boss. of like, yeah, yeah, he's kind of yeah. like the mayor there because everyone loves him because he he sees everybody and they see him and they appreciate him and what he has to do. And, um, you know, he actually, I think he had to get some type of license to clean up like hazarded mess because you could wow. really mess that up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, he chooses to do this. Like, I think he'd be bored if he was home. He actually likes working and he likes camaraderie with his different coworkers. Uh, he works on a base, so uh, he's, a, he's a veteran. And, uh, yeah, when I, when I, when I saw that character, I was like, wow, this is, you know, I, I was, I, I felt like it gave a lot of respect to people who work on those ships. There's, yeah. So, so there's Filipinos that work on cruise ships typically. Yeah. And, um, but there's plenty of jobs they do. They're, they're your au pairs. They're, um, sometimes your post office workers, many different types of jobs. I mean, yes, some of them are doctors, but there's many other types of jobs that, of course that we occupy so yeah uh but yeah that movie was was great uh to show classism and i'm i'm glad it did get some nominations but i the dolly de Leon, i i wish she had gotten a nomination because she really really killed it like especially because you know you're like who, who is this person so to stand out in this movie and mind you what woody harrelson was in it but she was the, she was the standout yes oh my god she was in this in the our act two of the movie, but we didn't notice her until they're on this deserted island and everyone is hungry and she goes fishing and gets them fish. So it's like we don't notice her until it becomes important to notice her. So I thought it was really effective in how they did it because they they were she was ignored. She was sort of like living uh, on the margins. And then all of a sudden she she comes into the forefront and. And and then she she becomes this like queen. So it was, it was it was pretty incredible, and I I think it was true to life too. And and yeah, I thought it yeah. I thought it was respectful. I mean, it's it's funny because I mean it like I mean I don't I don't even know if it was intentional or not. But even just the fact that she was Filipino, right? Like you know, sometimes I can feel I feel like as a Filipino, I I could feel invisible in the way that uh, Asians are portrayed because we're a very like yeah. distinct culture. And I think a lot of times people think like, oh, Filip- Filipinos are going to be just like any, you know, all these other types of different types of Asian women ever not. They're like kind of shocked. Like, oh, she has attitude. She has, she has an opinion. Um, yeah. And it's, and there's that scene where, you know, she's the, the power struggles changing. Right. 
and her boss or her supervisor keeps calling her a toilet manager. She's like, no. Yes. I'm not a toilet manager. We're not on the ship. We're on this island. And I love I'm the captain. Like, I'm the captain. Do you understand me now? Like, and it just was like, wow, like that, that, that's a Filipina right there. That's what I was uh, like, wanted to clap my hands. I'm like, that's right. That's right. Cause, yeah. Because Filipinos, we actually, we, it's more of a matriarchy than a patriarchy. Uh-huh. Believe it or not. Like, and, um, and then it's even funny too, if you were, if you were going to the Philippines, so you're, you know, how here, like we see half naked women all the time on like billboards. Yeah. It is the opposite in the Philippines. Like men, half, half naked men. Men, it's acceptable to ogle at like hunky men, even if you're a straight guy, like to, to watch, to watch a, <laughs> I'm not even joking. My dad said to my mom one time, there's a, there's a, you're going to love this. There's a boy band called The Hunks. Nice. Dad just nonchalantly is like, I think I'm going to try to watch this concert with your mom. We're going to try to see The Hunks. And it wasn't even like, you know, my dad's a really masculine <laughs> guy. Uh-huh. And he's just like, whatever, <laughs> we're, we're sexy, okay? We're Filipino, we're sexy. We want to support. So that's, uh, but yeah, I mean, I didn't want to go on plot points to, I don't want to spoil it for anybody, but I just was already loving the dynamic that she had with some of the people on that island. I loved it. It was so good. Um, Just, she was running everybody. It was, it's incredible. Um, And that's also, that's on Hulu. Um. Just yes. such a great movie, but okay. Let's let's talk before I um before I let you go. I want to talk about unscripted TV because you are an unscripted TV producer uh, among many other things, and uh, you worked on Doomsday Preppers. You've worked on so many different shows. Um, what type of reality shows do you like to watch? I mean, I'm I'm really into like real estate porn, like uh, Selling Sunset, or like you know sociopathic game show like The Traders. I also love the I love Drag Race. Like, what do you watch when you're not producing? Uh, so I do love Drag Race. If I go to Drag Race, I love going to like a viewing party with my friends because we just freak out over you know, the different, you know, routines that they do <laughs> and not ridiculous, but the opposite would be, I do love nailed it. Love nailed how, it. Perfect show. And how, how terrible. Cause as someone who does cook a lot, there's <laughs> plenty of delicious things, but it is such a tragedy when the food you make does not taste or look the way it's supposed to look like. I tried to make gnocchi before I tried to make a green tea crepe cake before. And it was wow. a very sad landslide. Landslide. <laughs> like it just looked and, like and a mushy, like just goop. It was bad. It was very bad. And uh, I think I tried to make it look cute enough to take a photo of it. It still looks sad. I mean, I did eat it, but I don't like to waste food. But uh, you know, I, I love that Nicole Byers, the host. She's she's amazing in it. Um, but my guilty pleasure is uh, F Boy Island. Love F Boy Island. R I P. I know I'm a little sad about it. I, I'm a little sad, uh, but I just love that it knows the joke that they all know yes. that they're influencers and they're not pretending that they're, uh, I don't know what kind of stupid fake career they say they're in in Texas. It's just like, no, I'm an influencer. And they talk about, they openly talk about the show, being on the Insta. show, and talk about their journey, yes. the journey, or whatever <laughs> they're trying to talk in code. It's um, such a great show. It, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's, they're they're in on the joke, which I always appreciate. Uh, and uh, but my 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 biggest favorite genre of of reality TV is true crime. You know, in the unscripted world, there are there's so many different kinds of shows. There's like the reality show. There's the docu series. 
So um, what kind of shows do you um, typically produce? So I'm kind of all over the place. Um, and I think that's like why I like dabbled in fashion for a second, but why I really loved being back in television was the fact that I can work in different types of, you know, subgenres, right? So I could work on something like a doomsday preppers. Um, I'm obviously not a prepper, but I'm curious about people mm -hmm. and I research and I can always find something I can relate to, um, to like my contributors or what the subject matter is. So, you know, I've worked on that. I've worked on sister of hip hop, which I love because it was talented MCs and seeing how I get, a, I got to see their performances live. They were amazing. Uh, and yeah, Bia was amazing, by the way. She's, um, that was, uh, Pharrell discovered her. She's, wow. She's fantastic. Uh, and, uh, and I also worked on like broke ass game show and that was fun. You know, they got to wow. do all these silly game shows on the street of New York and there'd be these unexpected moments that would happen that I was just like, this is really fun. It, it could be really fun. Um, and that was, yeah. Like, I think one time we were in the middle of Times Square we're like, oh, I don't know. I don't know if anyone's going to get naked. And there was a lot of guys that got naked uh, in the middle of Times Square. I got, I mean, one of the reasons why I was, I wanted to ask you about um, like unscripted TV is that because there's going to be, there possibly could be a writer strike on the horizon. Um, WGA and, and, you know, for more information, like definitely check out people like Eric Haywood, who is um, one of the broader directors on WGA West, but like um, they're going into negotiations on March 20th. Um, it's been more than 14 years since the last strike, which happened in 2008, like 2007, 2008. And so as the possible strike looms, more people are looking towards unscripted, um, not only just uh, these like television networks that are probably looking to boost their their unscripted um, packages or whatever, but like also actual writers and producers are trying to probably get into that industry. So like, you know, what are, what are you seeing? Like, um, because you know, the, the, the boom of um, like, there was a 1988 stri uh, strike writer strike that led to cops becoming huge. Um, in 2008, there was the amazing race and, and uh, keeping up with the Kardashians. So are you seeing that same sort of fervor right now? Are people calling you, asking you questions? Or are you um, like, what, I mean, what are you sort of seeing? I mean, I do see that there's some people who are inscripted who are curious about unscripted. I also just think it's because a lot of unscripted has become yeah. better with, with streaming. I, I, I can't tell you as someone who's a true crime aficionado that the production value and the storytelling, it is amazing. Uh, the Jinx is an example of, of an amazing true crime show. Um, they, they go out of order in the scene. You know, there's a scene where they're, they, they find a body part or piece of a body, whatever. And, um, and then the, how how they tell the story and how they film it, uh, even uh, the Duplass brothers, you yeah, know, the Duplass brothers, uh, they 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 did a a docu series called The Lady in the Dale that's incredible about a trans yes. woman who, uh, yeah, she was a she was a car a, a car designer. Yes. so it just makes a lot of sense to make uh to make docu to make docu series, and then usually what they'll do is sometimes docu-series will influence scripted and scripted will influence docu-series 
So I uh, like what was what was a nip talk, an example was like nip talk and Dr. Mm-hmm. Nine uh, the OC and, you know, all these kind of real housewives type of stuff is kind, kind of reminiscent of what, you know, you see that kind of that echelon right. of people. Right. So I think they can both coexist. I think um, I, I do think that there is like oversaturation of mm-hmm. content. So uh, right now, I probably I would say. People are a little still kind of worried or mm-hmm. cagey. Right now. But I'm sure, you know, if um, hopefully things will go smoothly. Hopefully. But, you know, but we're always going to keep yeah, watching. Yeah. Content. So, like, what kind of special skills did you pick up working in Unscripted that you probably wouldn't have acquired if you just stayed in, like, scripted, in the scripted world? I think just the unpredictable variables. Because everything changes. The storyline changes. Um, something could be happening with a, with a cast member. And they no longer are going to show up. Okay. Like that will actually could happen or they're going to show up insanely late. So where are you going to, where are you going to film? Right. Or where, where are we going to film? So you have to really think on your feet very quickly. Um, You also just have to be, um, you know, such as a producer, you have to be, you have to kind of get along with lots of Mm -hmm. types of people and places and be kind of be dropped into somewhere and then just go for it. Whether you're trying to get someone uh you know cast someone off the fly like Mm -hmm. on the street and have that instinct like I think you're going to be good on camera I think you're going to be able to do the thing that needs to happen (laughs) and really think about it like you have to have a vision like really quickly and then you're you're just like you said like the storyline could change at any moment so it's like you have to really be like listening like really paying attention to what's happening what's unfolding and then be able to to switch if you have to I was a I was working story and I had to tell my boss because we have all these different cameras like do you see what's going on here I don't think anyone's picking up what's going on here you need to follow that story and so you know the next thing you know you you know someone's talking to walkie like go 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 (laughs) get the the camera on them right now get the camera yeah so that part's, yeah, that, I mean, that part's kind of neat. And um, like I said, and I'm telling you, when we were doing the game show, there were, there were just moments we just could not predict that was just pure, pure comedy gold. We nearly lost it because we didn't know what the real reaction was going to be of a contestant or what they were going to do or what they're going to say. And, you know, behind the scenes, we're just all dying <laughs> because we're just like, oh my God. I like, I didn't realize that guys, like with women, when we have like our ugly underwear, Instead of just wearing underwear, they'll just wear basketball shorts. Yes. As a substitute, and I didn't know that was a thing. Like how we wear swimsuits. <laughs> There's a gag we were doing, and um, I didn't know. I, I guess I didn't know the gag wouldn't work on that guy because he was wearing basketball shorts as underwear. And oh. under his pants. Uh-huh. I didn't know that was like a thing. Uh-huh. Um, I, I, and so, you know. Cause it's kind of, it's like trunks. It's like trunks. It's like, um, yeah, like yeah. But I mean, basketball shorts are so long now. The basketball shorts these days are like pants. <laughs> yeah. It was it, if it's a cold day, he's, he has a little extra, yeah, yeah. extra cloth. You know, but, yeah, I mean, it's just probably had, you know, laundry day and have anything left. I mean, I've been there before. We, we, we know what that, that laundry day underwear looks like for us. So <laughs> the bottom of the barrel. Underwear. Yes. Yeah. And there was a whole gag. It was supposed to be that he would, he was going to cut off his pants 
and get money. I think he was going to get money to get like, you know, to make his pants into shorts. And, and then we found out that like, yeah. you know, it wasn't going to work on him because his shorts were so long. The whole point uh. was that he was going to show all this leg and the visual, you know, the visual matters in comedy. So it was just, it was, it, it was an epic fail. We were, we were all dying. And I, 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 it never occurred to us to think about this whole basketball shorts as a, as underwear. That was a possibility. So what did you we do? Had you to had go to somebody pivot else. somehow. Like, you know, we had it. Oh, so he just yeah, wasn't yeah, featured yeah. at all. Because so, you have to, you know, shorts. <laughs> Exactly. He missed time. out on some money. <laughs> Put on some no more underwear. <laughs> that is, that is, that is a life lesson here. Always wear clean underwear. That-, that was the mistake that he made. That's probably he's sharing it like the next like improv, um, you know, uh, concert or whatever that like, yeah, I, I the day that I should have <laughs> worn underwear and then he missed out. He missed out on that, that great opportunity. So, um, you know, I feel like also uh, reality TV producers, they know how to work fast under tight budgets and just like you said like you you have to be able to just go with the flow if something's not working you have to pivot and do something else uh, mike goyo from insecure and send help he worked in reality tv for a few years before he got his start on claws um so like how did you get your start in in so, that world um so with reality tv i have been working in film and commercial as an assistant and um the recession hit, so it was it was very very hard to go further, and you know you have to pay the bills. So my friend's roommate yeah. um, found out I was was looking for work, and so she recommended me. And ended up working for that show, and mm-hmm. um, at some point, you know, I I I was I was I was bummed because I wasn't I wasn't progressing the way I'd like to after being an assistant for quite a while. So, and maybe it has, you know, goes back to like, mm-hmm. you know, to ask for more, right? And maybe I didn't, I didn't know I could, I yeah. could get promoted or, you know, that I was ready for the next step. And I had, uh, there was a camera woman I worked with who was also a DP and she recommended me on a TV pilot. And at this point I was ready to quit. And she said, Hey, you know, I'm going to vouch for you. I don't care mm-hmm. if you don't have a credit, I will vouch for you. And, um, uh, Anyways, I ended up, mm-hmm. ended up interviewing with the showrunner, and the next thing you knew, I was blown out to Minnesota for uh, a TV pilot, and I became an associate producer, and that got me to work on a show for OWN, and eventually got me to New York to work on other reality shows and producing content. So, but that's, yeah, it all happened mm-hmm. mostly because of other women were recommending me, um, and that was very important, because I'll be honest, it, it's been... It, it was really hard to get hired um, with people who didn't, you know, I, I do feel like people hire people because they see themselves in them. Right. And, um, and they don't have right. ulterior motives. Right. Too. So I, uh, but that, yeah, that that's what ended mm-hmm. up happening. And I find it that I'm most happy when I'm working for, for bosses that are women, women of color, um, they're most likely going to promote mm-hmm. you or see your capabilities um, and it's always, you know, and I, I mm-hmm. it's always good to, uh, just, you know, not, not necessarily brag, but like know what you have to offer because, you know, mm-hmm. one, one thing that, because I've worked in so many different types of genres, you can't pigeonhole me in one type of show because I can do every type mm-hmm. of show. I mean, I was, I was not the key demo for doomsday preppers at all. 
that's like teenage boys. That's that was a target audience. Um, but uh-huh. I I do, you know, I did the research and I looked up what these people do. These and there's preppers, right? Uh, yeah. And so you learn a lot. You know, actually, that's how I learned about Krav Maga. <laughs> Was through Doomsday Preppers. Was was doing that show, yeah. Because I want to, I want to ask you also about um, like your badass self defense classes. So, so it was through um, Doomsday Preppers that you you got into Krav Maga. What was something else too, like on another project that you worked on that you you ended up getting really oh, into? Oh gosh. Um. So, what was the other? So, hold on, because I've worked on so many different types of shows. I mean, the, you know what? One thing I I thought was. Uh, so I, I actually worked on a show uh, called uh, Deliver Me, and that's about OBGYNs that deliver uh-huh. babies with, like, high-risk pregnancy. And what was cool about that show is, mm-hmm. first of all, we our offices were in the hospital. And so I had to, like, wow. n- know the whole layout of this hospital and just, like, what could happen. Um, like, I'm not a mom, but I found out a lot of things that happened. And you had to like have a connect, I would imagine. Like a nurse would be like, "Yo, something's going down in room yeah, twenty one A or whatever." Is, I, uh, it's very few times, but we've actually missed birth because I think one uh-huh. one lady she she had a baby on the gurney, like, and the camera people couldn't get there quick enough <laughs> to 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 get there, you know. So wow, uh, yeah, like it just was. I mean, that's as real as it gets, right? And um, but you know, the cool thing yeah. about that job was, I remember one of the ladies, she came by that had given birth and she, I think she had to show something to my boss and nonchalantly just hands me her newborn mm-hmm. child was not even a week old. And I'm holding a baby for the first time of this woman. I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't oh. believe she's trusting me to hold her baby. Uh, barely, you know, I barely know her. Yeah. <laughs> she was just so comfortable. She's like, okay, I got to sign something. Let me get something out of my purse, whatever she was doing. And um, that's like, I think that's something that's irreplaceable when you work in reality TV is this kind of, you you get to connect with real people. And I think when you are working on, you know, shows like that, it really teaches you to be a better producer, yeah. a better person, and to have like a lot of empathy for people. And um, I, I like, I personally, for me, if I work on a show, I want, I want my contributors to have a lot of agency and, um, on the, on the work that they're mm-hmm. doing. When you're not writing and producing, you've taken these, uh, you know, badass self-defense classes, Krav Maga, we were mentioning. What's like the biggest takeaway that you've learned in all the times you've taken these kinds of classes? What's like the one sort of nugget like that they all teach you? you got to listen to your your instincts, right? You know, when they talk about female intuition, um, the times I didn't listen to it, mm-hmm. I've been in very bad predicaments. And I've, I always err on the side of caution. Like if something doesn't feel right about a situation, I will, I'll just, I listen to it and I will, I'll, you know, I don't care. I don't care if it looks, makes you look crazy because most times you're right. You know, like you can sense energy and, you know, or I do believe that people have auras. So, um, and yeah, I mean, that's just, you know, just be aware of your surroundings, right? Be aware of your surroundings. No, you know, make sure, make sure. Um, you know, and this, this, that could save your life too. Right. Because, you know, people are out there dying, taking selfies and it's like, you gotta, you gotta look all around, you gotta look all around, <laughs> you know? 
especially this week. Um, my uh, my podcast astrologer that I listen to, Ghost of a Podcast, she has uh, lots of warnings for um, like in the stars this week. There there's so many transits and things that are happening. It's almost like a kind of a Mercury in retrograde sort of um, thing happening this week, where it's just like there's just like a lot of confusion. There are a lot of triggering um, things that could happen that could crop up for people. So, uh, and the the whole um, the whole idea of her show is that it's it's like a forecasting. It's almost like weather forecasting, and it's just like um, you know this is what might happen during the week, and this is you know for you to uh, know that this might be happening and to, to find ways to cope with it. So, uh, so yeah, to, to kind of add to what you're saying that like, yeah, be aware of your surroundings and, and, and have, have the tools to, um, be able to yeah. deal with and, it. And, and, um, you know, I, yeah, I, I was, I guess like maybe, maybe for me too, just because I'm a, I'm a small woman, I'm always, this sounds so terrible, but when uh-huh. I was a child, I think my parents scared the hell out of me that I was going to get kidnapped all the time. So I was always thinking I was going to get taken constantly. And I did not trust anybody <laughs> when I would get lost in the grocery store or whatever was happening. I was like, you, I do not know you. You will not take me. I will find my parents. Like, <laughs> So yeah, that's always, I mean, yeah, that's, that's always been there for me. <laughs> Yeah, I mean it's a it's, it is a real thing. Like um whenever we drive past this um there's like a Ralph's on I want to say like National like by Sautel and my mother-in-law always points to it and says like, "Oh, that's where cuz I think that she had my husband in the shopping cart and then she just like went like to to grab something off a shelf and so she kind of left him maybe like 10 feet away and she said that there was like a man like literally in front of her shopping cart, like, cause they were in an aisle somewhere. Like it was obvious that like, he could have taken her kid. Like he could have taken my, my husband. <laughs> so like, yeah, I mean, it's a real thing. So that, you know, your parents were, I, I mean, I kind of do that. I, I put a little fear into my son too, because it's like, you know, you never know. Like, you, you, so I think, I think yeah, I right. mean, I, um, I, yeah, I was always scared of adults because sometimes adults are like, do you not know how scary you sound? I mean, I literally had a lady say to me, she, she wasn't going to bite me. Yeah. And I was like, don't even mention biting. Yeah. You, yeah. 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 Why, why'd was, you have to go scary, there? But yeah, I mean, I, I feel like, you know, having those, I think it's good to teach kids at a very young age about that because I think kids can be too trusting of authority, right? Authority figures. Someone gives off, you know, yeah. especially because when you look at someone, like they look like a nice person. Well, looks can be deceiving. Like, you know, uh-huh. um, I'm, I'm, I'm really into Malcolm Gladwell and he talks about first impressions, right? Talking to strangers. And uh-huh. yeah, someone on the, on the surface can seem like they're nice, but you just, again, you, you don't know that. So until they prove you otherwise and they can gain your trust. But even then, like, still, I think you still have to, have to keep your guard up uh, as, especially, you know, for me, I think I think that the most scary scary part because I look I look pretty young was people thinking when I was a minor and I was an adult, like you should not be talking to me, sir. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, especially if like yeah, it, it seems as though that was uh, sort of their intention. Like, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, predatory and <laughs> like uh, yeah, you know. So yes. but so you're gonna. So one thing I had I had learned was because I was always scared I was gonna get taken was. I always, I was obsessed with maps mm-hmm. and I always wanted to know 
exactly where I'm going. So even, even though, yeah, we go on our phone, mm -hmm. I try to look at paper maps. I try to like take screen grabs and try to remember exactly where I parked exactly. Cause I don't like to look like I'm wandering around confused. And then someone be like, Oh, do you need help? I can help you with that. Uh, is my scariest uh, nightmare of somebody. Yeah. Yeah. And then you end up in yeah, like yeah. somebody's car like you or something. And that's not happening. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That Oprah said that that's where all the, the bad stuff happens. Yeah, no, that's I always think about the second location. And yeah, um, but yeah, but I, I always, I'm obsessed with maps because when I moved away, I never wanted to. Uh, it had to be a last resort, like to ask for directions. Like I always wanted to know where I was going. I used to have this like small foldable map, and I would put it in my pocket. I would look at it, you know, uh -huh. at, on a, on a, you know, off to the side, so it, I didn't look like a total tourist. And then I would always just knew where I was going. And, um, that, that always helped, um, for people to not approach me and, and not mess with me. So, uh, and then I, yeah, I was like, Oh, yeah, she yeah. Like she right. So I don't look helpless. And, um, that's been, but I love maps. Like that's been always something when I'm traveling, I try to look at all the maps. <laughs> I want, I'll, give me all the maps. <laughs> I want to know it all. Mm -hmm. Which, which I imagine would help in production too. Is that like, oh, yeah, so person, where, I have an amazing go. sense of direction. So if you get lost, um, I can, I can tell you how to get places. Um, I mean, I used to even have a Thomas guide out here in LA and I still, I still kept it because it's just for, just for safety in case I need a map. I have a paper map. Yeah. Uh, that could tell me exactly yeah. where I am. You can look up, people don't know this, but you can look up the, the address in the back and they will show you exactly what quadrant what page to go to and find where you are. Yeah. It's amazing. Oh, wow. <laughs> I love maps. Know where you're going. Just people. know where you're going. <laughs> Do you know where you're going to? What's making you happy these days? Uh, these days, what makes me happy is, I, this is a simple answer, but my family, uh, I, I used to live in New York for nine years and uh, being back in California, I think what's mm -hmm. been really wonderful is, that quality time that I missed out on um, for the last 20 years, I've been, I've been away so much. And, uh, you, you know, usually I go about, yeah. you know, once a month um, because we're, we were pretty big family. Mm -hmm. So there's always a birthday happening or a holiday and just enjoying ourselves. Uh, I had just found mm -hmm. out my, uh, you know, it gave me joy was my sister-in-law. She's kind of this shy teacher and we found out she had forgotten that she had been in a karaoke video uh yeah yeah in a karaoke video wow. which is probably the most asian thing to ever happen to be in a karaoke video <laughs> <laughs> what does that mean like a karaoke video um that gets played at like a karaoke bar or a video like well, on youtube so i think they used to do karaoke. this at a i mean it was a low ocean um karaoke song so it was written in their language uh -huh. And um, there was like archival footage they gotten from the country, but then they filmed her in San Diego to cheat the the shot. And she's in like, she's Hmong, but she was wearing oh. um, really beautiful clothes. And anyway, so she filmed this when she was a teenager uh -huh. and she had completely forgotten that she had made this and she couldn't find the DVD because, you know, was it pay, was it pay copy credit, right? <laughs> and so, right. you know, they, they throw it on, someone had put it on YouTube. And we just lost it because we're just like, this is you. 
Like, I don't know why. I think it's just because she's so shy. And she was, you know, very photogenic. And uh-huh. just to see her and just, you know, when you see a karaoke video, she's just, like, walking around and, like, looking at plants. And it's just, you know, kind of cheesy. But she looked great. And uh, it, it gave me so, so much cute. joy. I, uh, I was just, because, like I said, she's, I've, she's like a sister to me now. So seeing her in this. Yeah, but but she was all like kind of sheepish about it, like oh yes, yeah, yeah. And she looks exactly the same, which is she looks oh wow. So that was a talk recently about how oh she was a karaoke star. <laughs> That's so cute. I want to be a karaoke star. How can people find you? So I am on Instagram. I have a very complicated name, but um, so it's um at. Lizelle Oligario, that's L-E-I-Z-E-L-O-L-E-G-A-R-I-O. Um, but if it's hard to find mm-hmm. because I have a really hard, unique name, I'm sure if you just Google me and you just put Lizelle and you put producer, my name will pop up <laughs> very quickly. <laughs> yes. Crazy to Google me. Okay. This is so great. Thank you so much. We'll see you next week. I'm Yummy Coco. Keep your lamplight trimmed and burning. Bye. Thank you.